as of this recording, the government shutdown is still active in a record manner. And we need to talk a little bit about the government shutdown, things like TSA workers complaining about their paychecks not, you know, getting paid. The government shutdown. Let's tackle it. This is Fritzcast. Coming to you on a blustery Tuesday, January 15, 2019 morning. And it is, I mean, it is blustery cold in Delaware. It snowed over the weekend. I'm not one of those people that flock to my Facebook or my Twitter to talk about how it's snowing because, let's see, everybody that's in the area has windows in their house and they can look outside and they can see that it is snowing. It is literally the easiest thing for anybody to do. And even easier is to pull up your phone and a weather app to see that snow is on the way. So I don't I don't get that. I don't get that. I like posting pictures of the snow, yeah. It you know, hey, it's pretty. It just snowed. And snow is ridiculously pretty. The the instant that it falls and maybe a couple hours afterwards and then it starts getting that brown, nasty color along the edges. You see all the uh, exhaust from cars off to the side of the road. It becomes ugly. It becomes rather ugly. And you get tired of the cold. And you can't make snowballs out of it and make snowmen anymore. Snow was fun in the initial fall. In the initial fall and just after. And you know what? I like. I don't even mind. I don't mind shoveling my sidewalk. I don't mind shoveling my sidewalk. I don't mind shoveling my uh, driveway. Uh, shoveling out parking spots on the side of the road. I don't mind any of that. Like I, it, it, I enjoy going out and doing, you know, physical activity. I'm really looking forward to when the warmth comes back because there's so much I have to do outside to the yard and uh, to the outside of the house just to straighten it up. Like I look forward to that stuff. So it's not a big deal. It's just that I guess. Being an adult right now, being an adult right now in a job that is essential. Oh, we're going to talk about that in government work a little bit. Um, being in a job that's, you know, essential, like there's no such thing as a snow day for me. You know, if, 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 if snow meant that the job would call me up and say, hey, uh, the office is closed today. Don't come in. Uh, enjoy a day off and, uh, you know, take a paid holiday or something. Like, it wouldn't be that big a deal. Like, I'd probably like snow a little bit more. But the fact of the matter is, it could snow 40 feet of snow, and my job expects me to be there. Or it will dish out discipline. The beatings shall continue until morale improves. Damn it. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the aspect. So when snow, when I hear that snow is going to fall, you know, I, I enjoy watching the snow fall. I enjoy shoveling my sidewalk. And in my driveway and cleaning off my car. I know, I'm weird. It, you know, it is what it is. But there's no excitement of, ooh, I might not have to go to work today. It's more like, crap, I might have to leave like 20 minutes earlier than I normally do to make sure that I get to work in one piece. And it's not for my driving, it's for every other stupid person's, plus how the state of Delaware handles their plowing and all that, and the roads that you have to traverse to get to a prison. Because let me tell you something, those roads are the roads less traveled. So there's that, okay? 
I mean, literally. When I travel to the prison, a lot of people don't understand this. Uh, I take a major interstate most of the way. Like, I leave my house. I drive on the roads that lead me to the main interstate. I drive on that for, like, maybe 10 minutes. This is how Delaware works, by the way. You hop on, like, I-95, I-495, or whatever. You hop on to one of those down to wherever you're going because it's Delaware. Everything's, you know, everything is a stone's throw away from where you are. So I literally hop on the interstate for 10 minutes, get off at the city where the prison is located. And the prison is located, like, on the outskirts of the city in a spot that it probably shouldn't even be in. But that's the that's that's the land that the state obtained because they didn't even have to pay for it because it was crappy swampland. And they drained it, and it turns out that your building is, like, sinking every year. It's like, you know, eventually it will be engulfed in hell, which is where it belongs. Honest to God, that's where it belongs. But, you know, who knows? it's going to be at least, you know, at least 100 years before it's actually swallowed up by the pits of hell. So, we, we I mean, we still have some ways to go there. So, but driving there, the, the main roadway, like, I'm talking, if it rains, even a little bit, the roadway, like, floods, and I can't take that route. And I won't know it flooded because the websites don't report on that um, because not enough people drive on it, even though it is a, a major roadway to get onto the interstate in both directions. Like, it won't be there. So I'll drive down, and then I'll come across this big pool of water. And you have some idiots who are like, yeah, I can do it. I can drive through that. And that's why you see all these cars broke down on the side of the road. <laughs> because they tempted fate, and they lost. It happens. Uh, I'm not going to do that in my little Kia Soul. Uh, it's beat up. Um, it's not on its last legs yet. I do have to take it in for its tune-up. When I take it in for its tune-up, it's it's it pretty much this becomes a ride-it-into-the-ground game. The car's almost paid off. It's going to be like $300 freed up a month, which I'm very much looking forward to. And then that thing is going to be driven until it cannot drive no more. I'm talking like you put key in the ignition and you start it and it goes, I'm dead. That's what That's, that's how that car's going to go. So I got maybe, you know, if I'm lucky, probably a couple years until that happens. I'm crossing my finger, but, you know, you never know. You never know. Maybe the fate will line up and I'll get something newer. I don't know. But I'm not going to drive it through a freaking uh, lake, you know. that That's what this turns into. You know how they say, you know, if you come across a, a still body of water on a roadway, don't drive through it because you don't know how deep it is. It's true. It's factual. I've seen it. So, I mean, that, that, that's what I'm talking about, you know? So getting to work in the elements sometimes sucks. But my main point was, I don't care when it snows right now. Like, it snows and I'm like, all right, great, whatever. You know, maybe that'll change. Maybe that'll change one day when I have that job that says, you know, hey, the office is closed today, pal. Take a day off. Probably will change, uh, you know, Probably will change if I have kids in the future, you know, because then you can throw them out in the you know snow. We used to do that with the dogs, especially when they were puppies. Snow's like a foot of snow. Everybody don't anybody out there who's like that's so cruel. Why would you throw a dog out in the snow? Like, shut up. If you had a puppy 
and there was a foot of snow on the ground, your dog's got to go out to poop anyway, right? Or do you have one of those puppy pads? Because you're one of those fancy people. Whatever. I don't have puppy pads. They go outside. And damn straight, every puppy we've ever owned, we've gone outside, we've thrown them in the foot of snow and watched them go crazy. Because they go crazy. I don't know what to think of it. They're like, what? What? What is this stuff? And they dart through it, and it's funny. So, don't act like you don't do it. Don't act like you don't do it. Oh, man, before I dive into the government stuff, too, uh, it, let's talk a little bit of football. Uh, you might not be a football fan, so, you know, I don't know. Maybe skip ahead. Do that 30-second jump until you hear football st- talk stop. It's not gonna be ex- It's not going to be exclusively football for the next 15 minutes, but... I gotta say the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles finally kicked the bucket uh, in the divisional round of the playoffs against the New Orleans Saints on Sunday. Uh, it was uh, it wasn't heartbreaking, you know. It really wasn't a heartbreaking loss, and it's very weird to say that. But at the same token, people got to remember last year. Go back and listen to my episodes last year because. Every week I was playing a different version of Fly Eagles Fly all the way up to the Super Bowl as they kept winning and winning and winning. Last year was a storybook year as an Eagles fan. And as just a football fan in general, last year was a storybook year. There's probably a crap ton of fans of Nick Foles just for what he did in those three, four games. Just for what he did in that. He probably has a crap ton of fans that because it was storybook it really was storybook Carson Wentz played an MVP caliber season injures his ACL and his MCL meaning he would be out done for at least nine months at least nine months and here comes the backup quarterback who once upon a time was in the Philadelphia Eagles before Chip Kelly fumbled that ball. I, I I talk about that all the time. I hate Chip Kelly for what he did to this organization. But at the same token, if he didn't come in and wreck the organization, you know, would they have had this wake-up moment and gone back to the, the roots and, and made the improvements that they did? And the answer, I mean, that, that that's hard to, it's hard to play that game. But, so Nick Foles comes in as a backup quarterback, keeps winning, Post one of the best quarterback postseason records ever. Goes to the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots, the evil empire, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. A backup quarterback. Goes toe-to-toe with them. Hangs in there the entire time. Wins Super Bowl MVP in a game that featured Tom Brady throwing for 500 yards. How many quarterbacks can say they did that. How many people how many people can say their football team did that? Not many. Not many at all. And that's what I'm talking about. Last year was such a storybook season. It was damn near perfect. And I've said it before and I'll say it again. Nick Foles he's 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 I love Nick Foles. I love Nick Foles back in that season where he tossed seven touchdowns against the Raiders. And I said, that's amazing. And everybody wanted to say, oh, it's just the Raiders. But that was an that was a Pro Bowl season for Nick Foles. 
That was a great year for the Eagles, even though it didn't end with championships or being deep in the playoffs. It was a great year for the Philadelphia Eagles. Things were looking up at that time. And then Chip Kelly traded Nick Foles for Sam Bradford for some godforsaken reason. God damn you, Chip Kelly. And we had some very frustrating years there because we were so close to success. We were so close to having things done right. And it never went right for us. We had our storybook season last year. This year we weren't even supposed to get in the playoffs the way things were going. And Carson Wentz got re-injured because we brought him back in way too early from his injury. We eked into the playoffs. The magic seemed like it was going to keep going with that Chicago game last week. The double doink game. But the magic ran out against the Saints. And I mean, it happens. But I'm not bitter about it because last year was so perfect. This year it wasn't even supposed to happen, you know. And having such a storybook historic season last year. And being able to be alive for it, mind you. Because this is the stupidest thing with sports talk. Everybody's like, well, we have five rings, you know. And I'm talking like, you know, Cowboys fans and Steelers fans and all that. There's a bunch of people my age, my age, less than 30, talking about we have five rings. Well, first off, you don't have crap. All right, <laughs> you're not on the team. You're a fan of the team. You don't have crap. All right, your team has five rings, three of which you weren't even alive for, <laughs> or four of which you weren't even alive for. All right, I can understand Giants fans rubbing something into me because they got to see Eli Manning beat Tom Brady twice. I can get that. I can get that. I hate giving them that because they're the Giants, but but they can give me that. But the Cowboys fans who never watched the Super Bowl, who never watched them win a Super Bowl, talking about we have more rings. Shut up, shut up. And most of them aren't even from Dallas, Texas, or have any connections. It's just that their parents jumped on America's team bandwagon, which is why I hate Cowboys fans. But that that being said, enough pissing off Brian Nichols' liberty. Uh, I rubbed it in his face that the Cowboys got eliminated and the very next day the Eagles got eliminated. So we're in the same boat, buddy. We're in the same boat. We're watching the playoffs at home. And guess what? I I called a what? I called a Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl. I'm still sticking with the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs put the final nail in the Patriots' coffin this weekend. Because let's face it, the Patriots don't go to the Super Bowl this year or go to the Super Bowl and lose. Dynasty's done. Yeah, I mean it's been done anyway. The Eagles kind of did that, did them in last year. You know, last year was the true toppling of the empire because it was the reality check. Oh, Tom Brady's old. Bill Belichick doesn't have it no more. Gronkowski's beat up. What has Gronkowski done this year? Barely heard his name. Cause he's done. The empire's done. Pretty soon, Bill Belichick's out of there. When Bill Belichick is gone, so is Tom Brady. And what? You got Josh McDaniels to take over the reins? That's not some dream job. It's the only good thing I've heard Colin Coward say this year is that the Patriots gig isn't some cushy dream job that people would that people would or should want because they went through that dynasty, and it's over. And it's not coming back anytime soon. Josh McDaniels doesn't have the same oomph. That's Bill Belichick. 
They're going to go through seasons of failure and heartache, and I look forward to it because I've had enough of you Patriots fans. God damn it. But that's my little discussion on football. I think the Chiefs still get in the playoff or still get in the Super Bowl. I think they can beat the Patriots. I think they can topple them from earlier this year when they had that toe-for-toe 40-plus point game uh, each. I think they can do it. I think they can do it. And on the NFC side, I actually I don't have any ill will towards uh, Drew Brees, Sean Payton. Yeah, I, I kind of don't like him. I kind of think he's a doucher. I have my own reasons for that. Uh, I don't I, I don't have ill will, though. You know, I'm not dying to see them eliminated. But I'm just saying the Rams have youth and drive. And seeing the Chiefs and the Rams go at it in the Super Bowl, that would be, I'm telling you, if you want a really good gunslinging Super Bowl game, Rams-Chiefs. That's what I want to see. Rams-Chiefs. And I'm going with the Chiefs, by the way. I'm backing the Chiefs, yes, because big Andy Reid. How many years he was here in Philadelphia. How many years he got so close, yet so far away. Nearly beating the Patriots uh, in 2004. But not being able to pull the trigger on it. Big Red doesn't have a Super Bowl ring as a head coach. I'm backing him. Let's the uh, Big Red, get your Super Bowl ring. Don't let me down again. Don't fail me again, Admiral. Exactly. So we are looming in on what? Day 21 of the government shutdown. All right. All right. Calm down. Calm down. Just everybody relax. All right. Now, despite what people might think, everybody might think, ooh, government shutdown is libertarian's dream world. Right? All the anarchists are giddy. Not really, because you see, the government, as much as we want to say the government is shut down, and that all non-essential employees have been furloughed and, and sent home and not receiving a paycheck, and that the TSA is working for free, and that federal corrections officers are working uh, for no pay right now. Um, yes, the first paycheck did come and, and did not get paid out to... Uh, you know, a, a healthy amount of people. Um, what was it? Friday. Friday was the first unpaid paycheck that uh, that was issued out, or not issued out, rather, because the government's locked down. Um, you know, I, I, there's a very fine approach that I want to have when I talk about this government shutdown business. Especially when we're talking about paid and stuff like that, you know. So there's some diehard libertarians and uh, an- anarchists, uh, anarcho-voluntary, you know. I follow a lot of people on Twitter. <laughs> I follow diehard lefties, uh, socialists, you know, people, uh, diehard conservative right-wingers. Um, probably the only people I don't follow on Twitter is, like, alt-right, you know, like... The people, I'm talking about that category of people that are Donald Trump can do no wrong and everything he does is great. You know, God is good all the time. That that type of thing. I don't follow those people on Twitter. But I do follow a a long different line of people. A lot of volunteerists. um, A lot of libertarians. A lot of more limited government people. uh, 
and voluntary society people because, you know, I like broadening my horizons. I like, you know, getting out of the echo chambers that I sit in. But when it comes to, like, okay, maybe some of it's personal notes, too. Um, I work, for example, I work for a state department of corrections. So, to me, I know what it's like working in a prison. Whether you like prison or not, or how it's set up, I think everybody hates people who violate other people's rights, right? I mean, like, people who commit crimes. I mean, actual crimes. I'm not talking about victimless crimes. I'm talking about actual crimes. Okay? And I've talked enough. If you, if, if this is, like, the first time you're listening to the episode and you're wondering, hold on, this guy put, paints himself as a libertarian, yet he works for the government? Hypocrite! Okay, I get it. I get what you're getting at. All right? And before somebody calls me silly status bootlicker, just hear me out. Okay? I've talked about this in other podcast episodes, too. I know that there's flaws in the criminal justice system. Okay? I get it. That's why I push for a lot of reform. That's why I carefully vet the candidates that I support. And that's why I actively discuss things. Because without people discussing it, and without somebody trying to move the chains forward, you get nowhere. You don't get the first down. You don't progress. Right? So, there's that angle that I want to bring out right now. But there's also the angle of maybe you maybe you are some anti-government person who does not believe in anything that stands right now. I'm reaching out to appeal to you right now. Chances are, you're probably against people murdering people. You're probably against people raping people. You're probably against people stealing other people's stuff. And, at the end of the day, one of those category of people has to end up somewhere like a prison, right? And most people I can get to concede on this argument because at the end of the day, they're not straight up, oh yeah, just let them die, just kill them because they're like non-aggression principle people and they believe that the state should not have power over terminating somebody's life. So if you bring that argument into play, like you're not, you're not for like a state death penalty, which I understand, I've had that argument with people, and I understand where they're coming from in the grander scheme of the of the argument. But there is that whole, well, if this dude murdered people, or even murdered a person, like, do they have a place in society, and should they be allowed to just continue on in their lives normally and, and without check and all that? And most everybody kind of agrees, like, eh, yeah, you're right. Not really. So, roll with me. Because the prison I work at, while I can't divulge departments and people and all that stuff, I do have to keep some discrepancy here. But, guess what? The prison in which I work has people who have murdered and raped and are child sexual predators and all all that jazz. All that jazz. And the name of the game, by the way, for me, as a correctional professional. The name of the game for me is safety and security. My job is to make sure that the building that we house these individuals stays sanitary uh, and safe for these people. And there's people in there who I'm telling you, you listening, yes, you out there listening right now, would care less about their safety. You wouldn't care if these guys got cast into a lava pit. Or a pit of lions. 
or you guys really wouldn't care what happened to him. The real reason that you care about what happens in prison is the fact that we do have nonviolent drug offenses in prison, and we have other offenses that just shouldn't be clogging up the criminal justice system. And I'm in green. I agree with you on that. But there's always people that are going to be locked up for one reason or another because of the heinous crimes that they commit. And I'm not factoring in all the stuff that we have to wipe out of prisons that I'm 100% an advocate for because I've worked the environment. I've seen the impact it has on the prison environment. And the only way that you can help it is by eliminating the problem. So hopefully we're on the same page there. Hopefully I've earned your respect if you're on that side that thinks like, this guy's a bootlicking statist. Hopefully I've won you all over. And everybody else listening, hopefully, is at the level that I'm I'm getting at here. Because if I was a federal correctional employee right now, and I wasn't getting paid, first off, in a government job like this, too many people working it have the attitude of nothing nothing's going to happen it's my job to lose and I'm going to get paid because I'm an essential employee my job's not going anywhere so people do take on the attitude of that and they do take on making lavish lifestyles by working overtimes and stuff and writing their own paychecks that much is true uh, that much has been true for the seven years I've worked I've watched people giddy over the fact that they could take two, three, four overtimes a week and, you know, nearly double a week's paycheck right there. Just by working a handful of overtimes, you could double a paycheck. And it's all necessary because on paper, and I'm telling you from real life experience too, not only on paper, but just in real life, the the staffing levels to be met, it happens. All right. There's some place, there's some prisons out there that have so much mandatory overtime as nuts. Now, the voluntary overtime is one aspect, right? Then there's the forced overtime aspect, which is, you know, you know what you signed up for. You know what happened when you signed the dotted line of the job. Um, I I knew going into the job that I could be forced into overtime. That's part of the contract. That's part of the thing that you signed. Uh. Does it suck? Yeah, but, you know, okay, so you get forced overtime, you get paid more. The way that I had somebody put it was, uh, if they tell you that you're frozen and they keep you for another eight-hour shift on top of your eight hours, just look at it as, you know, the state's forcing you to take an extra $200 in your paycheck or whatever, however much it ended up being. I'm just throwing out an arbitrary number there. So that was the attitude I always took. If If they freeze me, it's because, you know, they need staffing met, and I'm going to get more money in the paycheck. And it is it is what it is. You grind through it, it kind of sucks, but you knew what you signed up for. Same thing with the government work, though. Like, I never go into work thinking, like, my, my paycheck's never going to be furloughed. It might happen. If it happens, I got to do whatever I got to do. Period. The end. If I worked for the federal government, it'd be the same way. People take on this attitude, though, that, that the money is guaranteed. And I keep trying to tell people. It's something that made me into a limited government guy. Because there's this false notion that uh, everything's going to be fine. And nothing nothing bad will ever happen. Collapse is impossible. Oh my god, it's starting to sound like we're too big to fail, almost. 
in this case, it's not we're too big to fail. It's we're too essential for this. It's almost like people take this attitude. We're too essential for this wrong to happen. You know, and so it won't happen. Well, it's happening right now. It's happening right now, and eventually this shutdown will go away, and everybody will get paid the money that they were owed. You know, but I'm going to sympathize a little bit with people who, you know, just suddenly their paycheck stopped. You know, that, let's be be real for a minute. Let's be honest. That kind of sucks. Now, imagine you're working in a prison environment looking over rapists and murderers and, and, and child molesters and all that, and your job is safety and security, and it is a dangerous job. And I'm taking into consideration everybody who's in that job knew that and signed on knowing what they were doing. It's a higher calling type of thing. For real. Yeah, you're going to get paid and all that, but there's a higher calling behind it because the amount of money that you get paid on paper by salary standard is kind of not worth it. Um, It's a higher calling thing. You have to want to be in the public service and, and wanting to do your job. Uh, at least from my perspective, that is true. Uh, I sympathize with those people because going into work and not getting paid, not you know, like imagine going to work and you, and they don't give you a paycheck. Like, oh, sorry, like you know, the money's just muffed up this week, so we don't have it. Now you got bills you got to pay at home, and you got to contact all those bill companies and say, hey, you know, work just furloughed me. Can I work something out with you? You know. That, that, it sucks, it's an inconvenience, it's bad. I want people to get paid money for doing their work. I do. Alright? I'm not going to be that person that comes out and says, well, get a, get a job that doesn't rely on stealing from people because taxation is theft. Okay? Taxation is theft, yes. I got it. I'm with you guys that there needs to be some major tax reforms and all that. But it goes back to the argument that you believe... If you if you believe that a murderer should just be walking around in the street or that somebody should murder that murderer, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you want. I, I sympathize with it, though, um, just because I've been in that environment before. Yeah, believe it or not, you can be somebody that says that, yeah, that's a service that the government should have control over, even though we need major reforms and all that stuff. You can be that guy. You can be that guy. I'm the embodiment of that guy. When it comes to stuff like the TSA, <laughs> though, this is the this is the funniest thing to me, right? The TSA, on any other given day of the year, would be scrutinized by media outlets and individuals alike for how they conduct pat searches and make people get naked, right? <laughs> Think about the countless videos you saw on social media over the past, like, two or three years. With TSA agents and the process that they go through, right? Um, The TSA is... (laughs) The TSA is probably one of the most scrutinized agencies for people who are limited government. Much like myself. Because it's an example of federal government overreach that just doesn't pan out. It just hasn't worked anyway. See, and this is... This takes in... Pre-9-11 America versus post-9-11 America. And there's a ton of people that grew up and were born in post-9-11 America that are just used to things like the TSA. 
being a thing. And I'd like to thank Reason.com for <clears throat> digging up this article from back in June of 2015 from ABC News. Uh, in an article by Justin Fischel, Pierre Thomas, Michael Levin, and Jack Date, quote, an internal investigation of the Transportation Security Administration, the TSA, revealed security failures at dozens of the nation's busiest airports where, unde- uh, where undercover investigators were able to smuggle mock explosives or banned weapons through checkpoints in 95% of trials. The series of tests were conducted by Homeland Security Red Teams who pose as passengers setting out to beat the system. According to the officials briefed on the results of a recent Homeland Security Inspector General's report, TSA agents failed 67 out of 70 tests, with the Red Team members repeatedly able to get potential weapons through checkpoints. In one test, an undercover agent was stopped after setting off an alarm at a magnometer But TSA screeners failed to detect a fake explosive device that was taped to his back during a follow-on pat-down. Officials would not divulge the exact time period of the testing other than to say it concluded recently. That was back in 2015. Mind you. But let's go to ABC News again. November 9th, 2017. Article titled, TSA Fails Most Tests in Latest Undercover Operation at U.S. Airports. Quote, In recent undercover tests of multiple airport security checkpoints by the Department of Homeland Security, inspectors said screeners, their equipment, or their procedures failed more than half the time, according to a source familiar with the classified report. When ABC News asked the source if the failure rate was 80%, the response was, You are in the ballpark. Government shutdown, you want to be angry, sure. You want to be you want to be sympathetic towards TSA though. Like don't bring the TSA as the forefront of your battle. Because the TSA should be on the chopping block of most anybody right now. That's not the I mean am I sympathetic if somebody's not getting paid, yes, sure, but at the same token most of TSA is theater. Theater security. The, the the presence of security being there. But if it's failing nearly 80% of the time, even if it's failing half the time, it's not worth the investment anymore. Some people are glass half full people. Some people are like, well, that means 50% of the time they are successful. Not re- not really. Not really in the security mind. No, not really. <laughs> it's not really a success. If you ask me. TSA, prime example of a of a function that the federal government took over that increased your tax dollars. That runs off tax dollars around the nation that could instantaneously be privatized among dozens of smaller security companies probably employing more people and probably having better results. Just saying it. Is it cutthroat for me to bring up the fact that the TSA has a high failure rate during a government shutdown? Maybe. I don't know. But you know how many billions of dollars the TSA costs? Okay. uh, The recent report for fiscal year 2019 for the TSA, 7.7 
billion dollars. Seven point seven billion dollars for something that doesn't even scrape sub par. Their annual budget is seven point fifty eight billion dollars. And yes, their employee count as of twenty sixteen was about fifty seven thousand, closer to fifty eight thousand people. But their effectiveness, like literally, nearly every audit and test that they run against them, terrible. Absolutely terrible. And this is part of the reason why we say government budgets should be scrutinized. Mind you, mind you, mind you. This is the part where I bring it all in and I win over a bunch of people and piss off a bunch of people by the end of the show. This is my favorite part of the show. I love this part. Because some people have probably been behind me the whole time going, Yes! This guy gets it! I love this guy! This guy This guy makes sense! This guy's opinions, man! This is the part where I piss people off. Because having a, having a shutdown over a $5.5 billion investment into a southern border wall is also stupid. Oh my god, you stupid. Stupid people. You you just need a wall at the border. We need the wall. We need to crack down on illegal immigration by building a wall which will stop a lot of it. The only reason why we're in a government shutdown to build the wall right now is because Donald Trump campaigned so hard on it. And wanted to make it his legacy. That he knows. He knows. If he doesn't have some kind of compromise issue on the in-between there. And doesn't get something close to what he can skew as winning. That he's in deep shit with that 30% that are so die hard for him. That's the hill. This is the hill that Donald Trump wants to die on. And for most of us. Limited government and libertarianish type of people. We think that border wall kind of stupid. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lie. I think border wall is kind of stupid. I think you need to tackle it on a front that uh, that encompasses many different aspects. Border security is definitely a piece of it. There's definitely something about having secure borders. I'll I'll concede to that. But a lot of it has to do with the way the immigration system works in America anyway. And desperate reforms that are needed there. But you know what's funny? The constant the the constant uh common denominator and all of it is something that the government already does and something that needs desperate reform. Isn't it amazing that everything that the government tries to have in its grasp, in its hands, 
and that people are willing to let the government have in its grasp and in its hands needs desperate reform. Almost as if it's got too many fingers in too many pockets trying to control too much stuff to the point that it becomes so overwhelmed that we bicker and we argue because of it. Now, mind you, enough about Trump's ego and the wall and all that. I kind of laughed at the video of Clemson visiting the White House. Clemson University beating Alabama, correct? I am correct in that. I don't follow the... uh, I don't follow the college football probably as as hard as I should or as good as I should. But yeah, Clemson beat Alabama like whomped them. So Clemson was uh, invited to the White House last night as the champions, right? And we're, we're in government shutdown, right? So that means White House staff is furloughed and at home and not working. So that means a big gala dinner that that you would be invited to the White House for. You would expect it to be top-notch, high-class, right? You know, it's the White House. Think about all the taxpayer dollars that go into pomp and circumstance shows at the White House. Think about that for a minute, right? Right? Your tax dollars goes for Clemson to visit the White House and the president because it's, you know, because this is a glitz and glam country, right? Best pictures have emerged from, from... Last night, because uh, Trump invites the you know invites Clemson over for the White House visit and dinner and all that. The employees are furloughed, so what do they have? They have McDonald's and Wendy's. They have food for McDonald's and Wendy's piled up on these White House tables. You know, still in the cardboard boxes and everything. It's the funniest thing to look at. I don't even know why it's funny. They got pizza too. And I laughed hysterically at this video of somebody trying to get a slice of pizza with serving tongs. I laughed hysterically at it for five minutes. I don't know why. I really don't know why. It wasn't that funny. It was not that funny. But my God. The only thing I can think of is there must have been like some secret service agents or something that they had pile into like several SUVs and they pulled up into a McDonald's drive-thru and it went something like this good evening welcome to McDonald's may I take your order yes we need a hundred number ones a hundred number twos a hundred number threes and we need some fish fillet sandwiches uh did you say a hundred of each yes god damn it we said a hundred we need him now uh, okay sir can I have you step inside the building Burgers, now! Uh, one moment, sir. I'm going to let you speak to my manager. That's that's what I envisioned happened, you know. It probably didn't happen that way, but... I That's the way that I feel it should have happened. And if it did not happen that way, that's sad. Alright? So, anyway, guys, thanks for listening to this week's edition of the FritzCast. Please follow me on Twitter, at FritzQS, uh, Facebook.com, slash TheFritzCast. And, if you need in contact with me directly... FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. You all have a good week, and I will see you next week. Do me a favor, too, while you're at it. Like, share, comment on this. Do your thing. Whether it's on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher 
or Google Play. I'm trying to break into Spotify. Uh, we're, we're trying to expand. All right. Show some love. All right. See you guys next week.